they've been married for 30 years. He's a pioneer of Catholic lay evangelization, and she has a master's degree in theology. Put on the coffee and get ready to open the scriptures. It's time for Bible with the Barbers. Now, here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome, welcome to Bible with the Barbers on this first Friday of August. It is August 5th, it's the first Friday of the month. Yep. Most Sacred Heart of Jesus, have mercy, have mercy on, on us. And we honor the Sacred Heart of Jesus. We thank him for all that he did for us and all he does for us. So um, we ask the angels to join us here. Sanctus, 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 Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Pleni Sun Celia Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in Excelsis. Benedictus qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in Excelsis. So to tattoo or not to tattoo? That is the question. There's so much talk nowadays about body art and decorating our bodies and... Um, and I think it brings up the discussion biblically of, well, what is the human body? Where does it come from? What is its meaning? And it's interesting because I know a lot of people say, well, Leviticus forbids tattoos. And in Leviticus 19, you have that passage. But, you know, every scripture passage has a context. And um, he says, um, oh, gosh, I have to find it here. <laughs> well, you're getting that. I just want to mention statistically almost 50% of people in America have some kind of tattoo on them and it's growing. So it's become very popular. So we just thought we can chat about the dignity of the body right. and, and address the issue of tattoos. Did you find your place? I did. There? And oh. it's, it's Leviticus 19 verse 28. It says, you shall not make any cuttings in your flesh on account of the dead or tattoo any marks upon you. I am the Lord. And so in the context, um, what you have there. There were a lot of pagans around the Jews, and and the Lord. It's interesting. People think, oh, Leviticus, that's such a such a dull book. Why would I read it? And it's like you know, it's very instructive. And I was reflecting on this this morning. It's very important. You see, the Jews lived among pagan peoples, and the Lord was trying to warn them. The pagans have these certain practices because the pagans aren't turning to the Lord. They're not turning to me, the Lord, their God. The Lord was saying to the Jews, and so they don't know how to behave. And so I want you Jews to behave in this way, and then I want you to teach them. That's because the Lord who made us is wanting this of us. And instead, the Jews often turn to these pagan practices. But, you know, you remember in the book of Isaiah, when Isaiah meets the prophets of Baal on Mark Carmel, you know, and, and here he's, ta I mean, Kings, in the, I'm sorry, it's in the, the book of Kings, First Kings, and he's taunting them, right? He says, you know, they both build an altar, and he says, okay, the God who sends down fire from heaven to consume the sacrifice is the Lord. And so the prophets of Baal, you know, they've been dancing around and, and, and Isaiah's taunting him. Oh, maybe he's sleeping. Maybe he's off on a journey. Maybe he's busy with somebody else. Maybe he should call louder. And they slash themselves with knives mm -hmm. and swords. And this was their practice. This is, but remember, this is, a, a, this is a degradation of the human body. And any degradation of the human body is not inspired or of God. It's from the evil one. This is what Satan inspires. Let's, you know, you, you know, degrade your body in any way you can. And by the way, that's what sin does. So the, the for, forbidding tattoos, you know, there's a lot of question about it. And it's like, well, is it a sin? Is it, you know, and there's a lot in that. And, and again, um, reason. What is the reason? What does our human reason say? Um, the, this, you know, the, your skin is the largest 
organ in your body. Did you know that? Oh, yeah. It's the, and so when something's wrong with your skin, it actually affects your entire body. And when you get a tattoo, and I talked to a, a medical professional about this this morning, and I said, they said, yeah, well, when you get a tattoo, you get these thousands of, if you actually get a permanent tattoo, thousands of little pinpricks that go under your skin, and it puts this dye into your body, mm-hmm. pigment they're calling it, but it's dye. I mean, what, you know, human skin doesn't normally turn purple or green or yellow or blue right. or, you know, I mean, yellow, yellow, like yeah. the yellow you see in a tattoo or these paint, this body art. And this stuff is toxic, by the way, it's a scar. Every tattoo you have is a scar on your body. Every scar on your body interferes with your body's, you have, your body has electrical impulses. The brain sends electrical impulses, communications to the other cells in the body. And if you have scars, these electrical impulses are interfered with. And every tattoo you have is a scar on your body. So what I did is I, 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 we wanted to look at what, you know, what scripture says, and then what does the church teach us about the dignity of the human person and the dignity of the body? And where do we get our ideas? Well, <laughs> I don't know. Um, maybe from the Bible. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe we just pulled them out of thin air. Maybe the Catholic church just makes things up because that's what she likes to do. She makes it, likes to make up rules and regulations. Well, we have what? In the beginning, God said, let us make man. In our own image, let us make him. Male and female, let us create him. And what did he give man? God's pure spirit. He could have made man a pure spirit. He doesn't do that. He already already made the angels. They're pure spirits. He gives man a body. A body. The human body shares in the dignity of the image of God in which man is made. It is the human body precisely because it is a human body precisely because it's animated by a spiritual soul. What is the difference between man and animals? We have a spiritual soul, an immortal soul that has intellect and will. Animals don't have that. By the way, animals aren't people too. Mm-hmm. So it is the whole human person that is intended to become in the body of Christ a temple of the Holy Spirit. Look at Corinthians 1, 6, 19 through 20, and 1 Corinthians 15, 44 through 45. Our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. So how are we supposed to treat the temple of the Holy Spirit? And, you know, it's interesting. I, the whole thing, the issue of modesty and dress comes up and the issue of, uh, you know, tattoos and all of this. It's a, well, in the beginning, in Genesis, when man sinned, what did Adam and Eve do in Genesis 3 when they, when they sin and they hide themselves from God? Did they make for themselves nice flowing robes to cover themselves totally and cover themselves up? Uh, That's not how I recall it. Um, As I recall the story, they made, they sewed fig leaves together to make loincloths for themselves. People, what are loincloths? Their underwear. The first bikinis. The first two-piece bathing suits. Adam and Eve made loincloths for themselves. So, you know, God comes into the garden and they're hiding. And, you know, it's Genesis 3, 7. Then the eyes of both were open and they realized that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. So then they heard the sound of the Lord and they hid. And the Lord says, where are you? Like the Lord didn't know. And then you have that whole scene. 
and God clothes them in animal skins. And it's interesting as it doesn't it doesn't the Bible doesn't give a description of the skins, but he doesn't the loincloths aren't sufficient. He doesn't let Adam and Eve decide how they're going to dress. He dresses them. And if you want some idea of what that's like, you can go back to ancient Judaism and see how the people dressed. You see, that tradition was passed on from father to son, from family to family. And those who were faithful to God kept it. So there's this dignity of the human body. It's made in God's image. And right away when Adam sins and Eve sins, they notice that suddenly they see each other as objects to be used. They're no longer persons to be loved. So when we get these tattoos all over our body, well, first of all, aren't we satisfied with what God gave us? Do we somehow have to improve upon it? Now, I'm not saying don't groom your hair and don't wash your skin and don't bathe, and, but, but why do you want to draw pictures all over your body? Can I jump in, Mary? Yes. Uh, Father Mike Schmidt has a video on this very topic, and uh, his take on all of this is that depends on your motivation. For example, uh, what image someone puts on their arm is the image of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. I've seen young men do that or a crucifix trying to get into conversations with people about their faith because the t tattoo is such a popular item. Now, obviously, uh, you know, that's a question to ask. What's your motivation on getting the tattoo? And uh, he's, he's saying this, at least uh, don't do anything for a full year. Um, I'm of the opinion that, yeah, the motivation is a good question to ask because I know people do evangelize through these tattoos, but I'm also, this is my take, and that is that you have to ask yourself this question. Um, what am I trying to do here? Am I trying to show off and say, look at me? Because I think that's the biggest temptation I've seen with tattoos, especially on women, which is just really sad when I see them on women. It makes me, they look, makes them look ugly, but... I think people and generally are trying to put tattoos on to show off and say, look at my tattoo. So I think the motivation is a question that should be asked. That's it. And the motivation is, but there, and there's also the, the, the deeper question. Again, we are never supposed to mutilate our body right. unnecessarily. Right. Now, if my hand gets gangrene in it and it becomes so infected that it's going to make me sick and kill me, I, I can take the hand off. Right. You know, if I get cancer of one of my organs and that organ can be removed um, and that's the only way to get rid of the cancer. It's going to scar me, but so be it. You, you can do that. Sure. But, but remember, and this is it, that tattoo is a scar. This is just a medical reality. It's a scar. And when you put that tattoo on, you are doing damage. Now, what's interesting, I found out a very interesting fact today that I had never heard from anyone. Some people cannot be tattooed. Isn't that interesting? Their bodies will reject the tattoo. Wow. I was speaking to a healthcare professional, and she never liked her eyebrows, so she was going to have her eyebrows tattooed so she didn't have to worry about it. And she went in, and she paid the money to have them to tattooed, permanent tattoo. Hmm. Three days later, it came off. Wow. So she went back in to have it done again. Hmm. And the, the lady used a different method. Three days later, it came off. And the lady said there are some people whose bodies will just reject it. Isn't that interesting? Interesting. When we come back, we'll continue to talk about the dignity of the human body using scripture. And also we'll get into the catechism and much more on the Bible with the barbers. Stay with us, family. We'll have a short break.
Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome. Welcome back to Bible with the Barbers on this first Friday of August 2022, August 5th. And we are talking about the dignity of the human body. And it's, it's, you know, there's a lot in the scriptures. We talked about Leviticus and, and how in the Old Testament, the Lord was warning his people about the pagans and their practices and don't follow the pagan practices. By the way, that warning still stands for us. When we're living in a pagan culture, we're not supposed to be following the pagans. We're supposed to bring them the light of Christ. So what else about the human body do we have in scriptures? Well, you have in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 6, 13 through 15, and then 19 and 20. And again, remember, we're looking forward to the resurrection of our body. And again, it's tied into the fact that the Son of God became man, and he really became man. He wasn't 50% God, 50% man. He was true God and true man. He really had a human body, a human soul, a human will, a human intellect. He was a divine person who took to himself a human nature. So the human body has been raised in dignity. First man was created in God's image, and then he's raised up to union with God through the Son of God. The Son of God took to himself a human nature, and so he took to himself a human body. It says, in expectation of that day, the believer's body and soul already participate in the dignity of belonging to Christ. Already, right here. That means right here now on earth. We belong, we participate in the dignity of Jesus Christ. This dignity entails the demand that he should treat with respect his own body and also the bodies of every other person, especially the suffering. And then they go on to the church. That's in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, number 10-4-1004. And then they go on to quote from Corinthians. The body is meant for the Lord, and the Lord is for the body. And God raised the Lord and will raise also us up by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? You are not your own. So glorify God in your body. So our bodies are made to glorify God. And again, it's not about debauchery. It's not about drawing attention to ourselves. It's not about making ourselves the center of attention. Like, and Terry, you said that earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the tattoos, yeah, people look at them. But, but does it go any further? Are they going any further than looking at us? Are they really looking at Christ? Or are they just looking at us and saying, oh, that's a cool tattoo, or that's not a cool tattoo, or oh my gosh, you know, that's, a, that's an embarrassing tattoo, and I wouldn't, why would anybody put that tattoo on there, you know? Um, body art, you know, some people just, well, it's just body art. We're just decorating our bodies. It's like, you know what, you want to decorate your body? Put some clothes on. Mm-hmm. But like God did for Adam and Eve in the beginning, <laughs> he clothed them because they didn't know how to do it for themselves. Remember, sin darkens the intellect and weakens the will or something like that, you know? And it also, by the way, makes us ugly. So when we, if we, you know, if we're, if we're living in sin and we're not really in tune with God anymore because we've sinned, um, how are we going to know how to properly treat ourselves? Right. Unless God tells us. And that's what these scriptures are about is God is showing us, number one, you are holy to me. I made you. And 
I want you to know how beautiful and good you are. You know, St. John Paul II in his, his uh, per, uh, Theology of the Body, you know, you are beautiful and good. You're made in God's image as a person to be loved, and you are precious and dear to him. And, you know, it's not just externally that we can hurt ourselves and wound ourselves. We wound ourselves with sin also. So, you know, but, but if we're putting scars, deliberately putting scars on our body, for what purpose? And these are scars. You remember what a tattoo is. And again, in every moral question, you have to ask yourself, well, what is it that I'm doing? Yeah. You know, and, and what is its purpose? And what is, you know, the, no. how am I going about it? And one real quick note, we all know that um, Christians, like Coptic Christians in Egypt, would put a little cross on their wrist and, and put the emblem on it because that's how you knew they were Christian because of the persecution that was going on in Egypt. And I get that. I can see why you'd want a little mark to show that I am a Christian and I'm willing to die. I've also had Middle Eastern people here at our chapel, and you know this, Mary, where we saw a, a, a scar on him. And uh, it, was a, it was a Christian cross. And uh, this was Dr. Baumgartner telling us the story. He had, it was a patient of his. And he said the same thing, that the reason we did that is because we weren't afraid to show that we were Christians. Sometimes it cost our lives because we had that mark on us. And uh, I get that, and I can see in circumstances like that that they're doing it not for any reason of show off, but it's really a, 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 a commitment sign that they are a Christian. And so right. I just wanted to mention that, that that to me was a exception to the rule. Right. And you have, yeah, you have this. And, and you know, a lot of times people did this body art and stuff. It's a, it's a matter of vanity. Mm -hmm. And so what are we serving here? Are we yeah. serving God or are we serving our vanity? Yep. And, and again, we have this um, in paragraph 1487, the church says, the sinner wounds God's honor and love, his own human dignity. When yeah. we sin, we wound our own human dignity as man called to be a son of God and the spiritual well-being of the church and each Christian of which each Christian ought to be a living stone. So we're, we're living stones built up into the body of Christ and we're all members and we're not here to serve the body as if it were to be worshiped. Right. And this is part of, you know, what the pagans do. Um, there are things you can do medically to, and I, I've had this, uh, recently there's been someone asking questions back and forth with me about, you know, it, it, it seems as if the questions are saying we shouldn't be going to doctors for help. We should just pray and trust yeah. in the Lord. <laughs> and, and no, you know, as a matter of fact, what I did is I sent the person a list of names of physicians, you know, me medical physicians who are canonized saints. Yes. And, and there's nothing wrong with, you know, even if you have to do, there's some medical procedures that they're, it's listed to carry out, and there are some that aren't. And in all of these, and this is what the principle is, the dignity of the human person must always be held in highest regard. Right. And so when, we, when people are thinking about tattoos or body art or whatever you want to call it, are you really considering your dignity as a child of God, a brother and sister of Christ, a temple of the Holy Spirit, a brother or sister of Christ, a temple of the Holy Spirit. We are a dwelling place for God. God dwells in us. You know, it's interesting. I, it's like, was who was it said, um, Christianity has never been tried and failed. It's just never been tried. Yeah. 
You know, do we understand what it means to be a Christian? That God dwells in us. We become dwelling places for God in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells in us. We're temples of God. Can I jump in, Mary? Because yeah. Bishop Joseph Strickland says this almost every week here on Virgin Most Powerful. We must become first century Christians again. That's how we're going to convert the pagan world. And he's spot on. Yeah, we have to. We have to be, in other words, willing to be different. Willing not to deliberately stand out by being obnoxious, but to be willing to be different and stand out by our charity. Right. So that people look and say, whoa, it's like Mother Teresa, you know, when she picked dying people up off the street and she, she, would, she would ask them, well, you know, do you know Jesus? And they'd say, oh, Mother, is he anything like you? Oh, no, but I try and be like him. Oh, Mother, we want to know Jesus. So that we, we're catching people by our love. And yes, it's, you know, we're a religious symbol, but um, that's why we have sacramentals medals and some of them were given to us by the blessed mother the green scap the excuse me the brown yes the brown scapular the miraculous medal and it's called the green scapular but it's not strictly speaking a scapular it's a badge it's the badge of the immaculate heart of mary and so we wear these but most of all we adorn our soul through the grace of god when we were baptized the most blessed trinity father son and holy spirit came to dwell in our soul God filled us with his presence. He made us a temple, a holy temple. We don't desecrate the temple of God. And this is why, you know, it's not, some people, you know, St. Paul in that letter to the Corinthians, he's, he's addressing many things there. But, he, you know, he, he's talking about, he says, all things are lawful to me. Well, what does he mean, all things? I can do anything? Anything that's within the will of God. Anything that's not sinful. He's not saying that sin is lawful. But it, remember, in the Old Testament, you had like that. Read the book of Leviticus. There were a lot of um, rules and regulations, but it was necessary. They had this pagan society around them, and people had to be warned. You can't indulge in the, the pagan practices because by doing so, <laughs> go ahead. I just want to jump in and just say one more thing. that Where you're leading this is that are we today, can they tell you're Christian by even the way you dress, right. the way you speak? Right. In our culture. And here's the sad part, Mary. Unfortunately, are the way we vote. And unfortunately, we have a lot of work to do as a church. Yes, we do. Because many Catholics have the contraception mentality and they abuse their body by contraception. Uh, they are before voting for abortion, like our president, who's a baptized Catholic, not only voting for it, doing everything he can to try and kill unborn babies. So we have a long ways to go to change the culture, but I think the best way we can do it is by our example. And so if we can, you can tell us by the way we love, that was the old song, yeah. but they also can tell by the way you vote, by the way you uh, act in public, especially with your language. Are you kidding me? They can say, why isn't he cussing? Why isn't he, why doesn't he have his shirt off right now? It's hot. Yeah. You know, see what you see what I'm saying? Why are they acting different from the culture of death? And I think that's a great way to share the gospel with people by just, you know, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I have enough you care about people by the way we act and dress. And so I think that's also tied in to this issue of the human dignity of the body. 
And it is. And again, so oftentimes, especially young people, they go to a lot of movies and I stopped going to movies years ago, and the only movie was the first movie Terry and I ever went to at the theater was The Rookie. <laughs> two thousand year two thousand year two thousand, you know, and it was. But but the deal was now, and I mean it. It was getting worse and worse and worse. There was more. There was more sin displayed on the screen. Right. But in every movie now, even in movies that are supposedly good, the language that they use. Yeah. You know, the saints. The saints gave us a counsel. They said. Um, we're like birds. We're like the eagle. We're supposed to fly up to God. Right. We're supposed to be free from attachment to the things of this world so we can fly up to God so the God can just take us up to himself. You can tie a bird down with a chain or you can tie a bird down with a string. Either way, he can't fly. He's not going to be able to fly. So how do we cut the string? What if it's just a string? A chain, the, the saints compared the chain to mortal sin. The string, that's venial sin or attachments to the things of this world. So on the other side of the break, we'll, we'll explain that. And then um, I have an exciting story to tell you all about God's mercy and love and his protection. Oh, I love it. I yeah. can't wait to hear it. So we want to talk about that a little bit. Good. So thank you for joining us on Bible with the Bible. And I just want to thank all of you who are supporting us here at Regent Most Powerful Radio. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome back to Bible with the Barbers. We were, we're talking about to tattoo or not to tattoo. Do we, do we um, <laughs> mutilate our bodies or don't we? And are tattoos mutilation or are they just, is it just body art? And we've talked a lot about that and that subject. And we were talking also about scandal and and what you know giving scandal and and how do we act around other people are we acting modestly and temperately in this life are we giving an example of who we are as christians made in god's image that we are really temples of god's holy spirit and that our bodies are a dwelling place for god in the spirit we have become this through baptism through grace and so you know the reality of the movies nowadays and you go to these movies and, and you hear young people and they'll they're just used their language and this is educated young people, people who, you know, have much bigger vocabularies and they have a string of four letter words that come out every once in a while. And it's like, where is dignity in that? Where is dignity in that kind of talk? And so we were talking about the analogy of the bird, you know, that you can chain a bird down. That would be like if you're committing moral sins or you can tie the bird down with a string, mm-hmm. be venial sins or attachments to the things of this world. But nevertheless, either way, the bird can't fly. And when the bird can't fly, he can't fly. He can't. And that's what we have to let go. We have to let go of the things of this world, leave behind sin and and be able to fly. Well, the saints have told us that when we don't control our tongue, and as St. James talks about that in his letter, the tongue is a very small member, but it, it has a great effect over the body. When we don't govern our tongues, when we use loose language, when we're using uh, four-letter words, when our vocabulary becomes four-letter words, or we're using God's name in vain, which is done frequently, which is, by the way, a sin. That is a sin. Using God's name in vain is a sin. But, but it, even the, the four-letter words in the barnyard language and the degrading talk, you know, th- these things degrade the people around you and degrade you. They degrade us. When we do these things, they degrade us. So we want to be very, very careful with our actions. We want to make sure 
And, and it's like, well, why? What, what, what difference does it make? Well, remember I said Jesus Christ became man and he really had a body? Look at Hebrews. What does it say in Hebrews? You know, a body you have prepared for me. It's in Hebrews 10, I believe. And, it, and, and um, yeah, it's Hebrews 10. Sacrifice, consequently, when Christ came unto the world, he says, sacrifice and offerings you have not desired, but a body you have prepared for me. Jesus really became man. He really, he raises the human body to a dignity that's unimaginable. If God hadn't revealed it, we couldn't imagine this. That we share a union with God mm. that no other creature that he made shares. Yeah. Because God became man. God really became man. The second person of the Blessed Trinity really took to himself a human nature. So our human body really has a dignity. And that's the scriptures talk about it. And that's what we need to do. We need to res- respect that and live it. And that's, you know, the, the, the whole thing about immorality. And well, you know, some people think, well, you know, a man can't control himself and boys will be boys and whatever. Well, you know, look up sometime what Corinth was like when, when Paul went to, to, to Corinth. When Paul went to Corinth and they had the, 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 what do you call it? The temple to the goddess of love. Well, the goddess of love was the goddess of lust and the temple was surrounded by little booths of temple prostitutes. So in Corinth, you had, you had what was the saying, to be a Corinthian girl meant you were a prostitute for hire. Um, and it, the, the, the joke was, uh, well, does every, does every uh, sailor in Corinth have two women or every woman in Corinth have two sailors? But you had a bunch of illegitimate children running around and you had this broken mass of humanity. But again, what is it? it it's immorality. And he's trying to explain the theological meaning of the body, Paul, in 1 Corinthians 6, which we've been talking about. Yeah. And, and he says, the body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Here is the whole nug- nugget of mm. the theology of the body. It's a temple of the Holy Spirit. So it's no accident that this assertion immediately follows a rebuke aimed at certain Corinthians involved in prostitution. It suggests that unchastity in question is connected with temple rituals in Corinth. Paul is trying to impress upon his readers that whereas the pagan worship promotes self-indulgence, the proper worship of God demands self-mastery. Aware that pagan temples are places of fornication and idol worship, he challenges the Corinthians to shun these abominations and glorify God in their own bodies, which are temples of God. So, you know, to tattoo or not to tattoo, you, you know, you, we have to decide that. I, but mutilation of the body, if it's just, um, can be a sin. Yep. So consider these things. And, in, in talking, and it's funny because this whole thing brings up something that happened this weekend, and uh, this past weekend, this past weekend, this, this it, it was uh, July thirty first. <laughs> Ignatius, of and, and again, it ties into what we're talking about. You know, responsibility toward others, not spreading scandal, mm-hmm. um, being honest with ourselves enough to be able to say, "I can't do certain things when they're beyond my capacity." Mm-hmm. And um, what happened on Sunday? <laughs> was um, I had an accident. Serious one. <laughs> a serious accident with a car. And I, I'm sure many of you have heard about it because my husband already spoke about it some on the radio. And my poor husband, you know, I have this terrible accident and 
when I get out of the car and you know, I'm, I'm, I, I was pretty good. I mean, I, I thought I was fine as far as I know. And, and still, as far as I know, I'm fine. But, um, <laughs> the first thing I, I called him on the phone because he was, we were coming back from Tehachapi. He was in one car. I was another, we were going to meet in Rosamond, grab a bite to eat and then head on home. And, um, he was ahead of me. And so I called him and, and again, it's like, Lord, give me prudence. Give me the first thing I said was, well, I totaled the car. <laughs> Poor Terry, his stomach drops, right? And it's gone. I was like, but what about you? How are you? Just laying on the side of the road here, bleeding to death, honey, but I'm fine. You know, no, I, I, the first thing I should have said to him was, honey, I'm fine. There's been a little accident and the car, I, I won't be able to drive the car into Rosemont. It's going to have to be towed, but could you come and get me? But I didn't say it that way. So I, I, my apologies to my dear husband. No problem. I, am, I am sorry. <laughs> I know I, I gave him the scare of his life. But um, it was, it's interesting how God in his mercy takes care of you. And it, the first thing there is um, I was driving when I was tired. And I knew that. And usually when I'm driving with, I'm t- when I'm tired, I end up falling asleep and I'm fighting sleep. And I actually, I, I've done this before. And, but this time I wasn't falling asleep. So I thought it was okay to pray the rosary. So I was praying the rosary, which by the way, is a, is a very good sephoric. Uh, not something you want though, when you're falling, when you're driving no. the car. And so um, I did, I did, I think I went out for a minute. The car went off the road onto the shoulder. Uh, the shoulder is, it was a two lane desert highway. Just, just dust on the side there. Um, I lost control of the car. It did come back onto the highway and I was desperately trying to get it under control. I was conscious of the wheel shaking, didn't have time to really think much other than to be aware of the fact that I don't know how this is going to end. But the car kept moving and I couldn't get it to stay on the road and it, it, it S-turned on the highway, mm. didn't spin, I didn't spin out. S turned on the highway, went towards the wrong side of the road, and then went across the line, came back, and then I ended up in the desert, and the car flipped onto the passenger side. The door in my window popped out. Uh, the door, not the door. The window in my door popped mm-hmm. out. Um, I ended up with just a couple of scratches on my nose and a scratch on my chin. Amazing. Um, I, was, I was pinned to my seat, but... Again, it was like this could end really badly, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm still alive. Didn't break any bones, thank you God. As far as I know, I didn't hit my head. You know, I I got whipped around a little. I'm sure. I you're not conscious of everything that's going on when you're there in the car, but um, there I am. You know, wide awake, pinned in my seat, <laughs> being pulled by gravity. So I'm in the driver's seat, and you can picture this. You're in the driver's seat, and the passenger side of the car is what's on the ground. So you're being pulled toward the passenger seat, which is the ground. Yep. And, and I, couldn't, I couldn't unbuckle. I couldn't move from where I was because I was in a, it's, it was a, um, we were driving, the, I, was, I was driving the Sienna van. The, and the Sienna van has a center council that separates the, the passenger leg space from the driver leg space. So if you're pulled up, you know, if your legs are short and you're pulled up further by the wheel, you can't move your legs. So, and I was pulled up. I couldn't, I couldn't, and I couldn't get my legs out right at first. Anyway, by the grace of God, there was a young man driving home from Lancaster to Tehachapi from work. Mm -hmm. Um, He saw a cloud of dust. No one saw the accident. Mm. Nobody saw the accident, but he saw a cloud of dust. So he stopped and he was the first person to the car and he he called and I said, yeah, I'm, I'm awake. I'm alive. I'm here. I don't (laughs) know what I said. I, I, spoke to him so yeah. that, you know, he knew I was there. And then I heard him speaking to other people. 
And he said, yeah, there's someone in the car. And they're like, oh, no, no. You know, it's like, well, what? Oh, my gosh. How is how is the person in the car? What's going on? And and what happened is he was northbound. And then other southbound cars also saw the dust and wondering what was going on. And then they saw his car stopped and saw him standing there. So they stopped. And at least a dozen people, at least six cars, they they came over to the car um, talked about them I and they looked at where I was, how can we get her out? And they're, they're like, well, release the seatbelt. And they're off the, no, we can't release the seatbelt. She'll fall. You know, we need to get the windshield off the car so that we can walk in and get her out. So one guy had a, a big metal bar and he had gloves and he very gently put the, there was a crack in the windshield, but it hadn't shattered. So he put his, his bar through it and he pulled the windshield out away. And I was looking at this and I'm thinking, how considerate. He knows he can't just bust the windshield. He needs to pull it away from the car so that I don't get cut. Mm-hmm. So he pulls the windshield away from the car. He's got gloves. And then they, they helped me get out of the car. And, and I was able to actually, it was funny, one of the first thing they did when they walked up to the car, I'm like, well, should I shut the engine off? And the guy's like, yeah, you need to shut the engine off. Huh. And, and I reached and I couldn't reach the keys at first. I said, well, I can't reach him. So he tried and he couldn't reach him. I said, let me reach a little further. And I was able to reach a little further, but I was, the seatbelt pinned me in pretty tight. I was you know, but I, I got the engine shut off and, and then, um, so he, I realized I could, they were saying, well, how can we move the seat? If you can't pull your legs out, how are you going to get your legs down? You got to get your legs down. Mm. And how are you going to do that? It's like, well, oh, that, that. Well, then we'll find out on the other side of the break. <laughs> You're listening to the Bible with the Barbers on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Stay with us, family. We'll come right back with the finishing of the story of Mary Danielle and how our guardian angel protected her for a serious accident. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. All right, Mary, let's hear the rest of the story. We give praise and glory to God for his goodness and his mercy and for protecting us from our own stupidity. <laughs> and, uh, so I had to reach over the side of the seat to reach that. I, I knew that there was an electrical control. We have electrical seats in our car. It's a 2000, it was a 2000 you know, uh, Toyota Sienna van. And so I wasn't sure if I could reach it because I really was pinned in tight with my seatbelt by that point. I mean, the seatbelt really pinned me to the seat. So I, my head didn't have it. I mean, I, my body, upper body didn't have a chance to move backward and forward at all. So I, but I was able to reach that. And then I, I just, I pushed on it. And sure enough, as I pushed the seat and it, it went back, that's, I, that's how I know the electrical was still working mm-hmm. as the seat responded. It went back, um, you know, and so then as I did that, my legs just, gravity just pulled my legs down mm-hmm. around the council, yep. but I was there, I was still off the ground, but the, one of the men came in, he walked in through the windshield and then he. Um, he actually, I couldn't reach the seatbelt because of the position I was in. So he, wow. he popped the red button and, and, you know, let me lean on his arms and, and let me to the ground. And then, and then he walked me out and it was just, but people, I mean, you could see the looks on people's faces when I walked out of the car, they're like, Oh, what? <laughs> it's mm, like, I can't believe it. And again, when something like that happens, you can be in shock. You can have terrible internal injuries and not know it. You can be dying and walk away from an accident and die. Yeah. You know, but, but everybody was just, you know, the first guy who had stopped, 
um, I, he was the only person whose name I got because he had his name tag on. His name was Dave. He was, and, and he was coming home from work. He had, still has name tag on. It's, anyway, Dave, but just, I, I, thank God. We live in a world where people, the news, the world wants you to believe. Everybody hates one another. We're all against one another. We're all trying to get each other. We're all trying to beat one another up. And here I am on the side of a road in a flip car. And a half a dozen cars stop. Hmm. Total stranger. Nobody knew me. I mean, in terms of nobody knew who I was. They all came. They all helped. They all stayed and, you know, to got me out of the car. And they, you know, some of them couldn't stay. But I told them, I said, my husband is in, in Rosemont. He's coming back. He's, I, I was supposed to meet him in Rosemont. He'll come back. Um, and, and these people all stayed. And Dave, you know, Dave was trying to get cell service. His cell phone wouldn't, didn't have service next to my car. So someone else said, well, okay, well, we got 911 on the line. So no problem. So they got 911 and they called 911 for me. And, and um, I, I just was amazed at the, and what's interesting, one of them was a, and I loved, I love this. I think it's so beautiful. One of the guys who stopped, he said, well, I'm a Navy chaplain. Yeah. And I thought, oh, well, is this guy a Catholic priest? I said, are you, what denomination? And he says, full gospel. <laughs> None of this three quarter, half gospel stuff, full gospel. And I said, amen, brother. And, and he prayed with me and it was just so beautiful. I was like, you know, the, the Lord is good. He's here. Praise God. You know, we thank God for your life and your safety and his continued protection on you. And it was, I don't remember exactly what he said. You know, a lot is said in that, in those moments, but I could see the looks on some of the people's faces of just utter unbelief that how could she possibly be stepping out of this car and walking? And again, you know, God protects us from our own stupidity. I knew I was tired. And this is Terry and I talked about this afterwards. It's like, you know what? I, I need to get more honest about telling people that, you know, mm. I'm tired. I can't drive today. Right. Just can't do it. it. It's too dangerous. I, you know, God protected me from being killed. The car, when it flipped, I, I could have been killed. Mm -hmm. It could have rolled over. I, you know, whatever could have happened didn't happen. I'm still alive. Here I am. <laughs> um, but also when my car went across and it did, it went across to the wrong side of the road. It was just a line. It's not a divider. There were, there were no dividers. There were no poles. There were no trees. There was nothing for me to impact. And, but the car, if another car had been coming, I could have hit someone head on, head on and caused someone else's death. Yep. And it's like, I have to stop and think. And I think, I think it's an instructive moment for all of us. I mean, a lot of people say, oh, the devil was trying to get you. And it's like, well, maybe God was trying to teach me something. Yeah. He's like, okay, here, there's a stretch of the road where it's clear. If you're going to have an accident, honey, I'm going to let it happen here. Nobody else is going to be involved, but you're going to get the message. You don't drive when you're tired, baby. This mm -hmm. is dangerous. You could hurt somebody, not just yourself, but yourself too. I love you too. And I don't want you killing yourself in a vehicle. Yep. I don't want you driving a vehicle when it's not safe for you to drive. So again, and that's, what is this all about? The, the dignity of the human person, the dignity of our body, to be aware of our limitations right. and to know that I have a responsibility towards God to take care of my body, to keep it as healthy as I possibly can. That doesn't mean I have to worship health. That doesn't mean I have to worship my body. No, I worship God and I take care of my health. And I do the best that I can in the circumstances that I'm in to take care of my health. But don't put myself at unnecessary risk and don't put other people at unnecessary risk. What if someone else had been in that car with me? Hmm. You know, I, I don't know how a passenger would have fared. The passenger side did not collapse in. The Ford Sienna, I guess, is a pretty sturdy, 
it's a pretty heavy car mm -hmm. and it has a pretty sturdy frame. So the passenger side didn't collapse in. I When our daughter um, took the day off work on Monday, and again, our youngest daughter was able to take the day off work because she was she's allowed four personal days a year and she hasn't taken any. So she just said, they, they, they just sent her a notice from, what, what is it called, human relations, that you need to take your vacation days and stuff. And, and she's like, well, you know what? When she, when my husband called her and told her I'd been involved in an accident, he told, he called all the children and let them know all, all four of our children that are living and let them know. And they were praying for me. And, and, uh, and so she, she called her boss immediately or texted her boss and said, look, um, there's been a, someone in the family has been in an accident. I need to take Monday off. And so she, and she also was like, I, I need to stay with you. I need to make sure mm -hmm. again, you can walk away from an accident in the state of shock. And the ambulance came, they checked me out. My vitals were fine. And, and I'm like, well, I know I don't have any broken bones. I'm not in a lot of pain. So I'm assuming I'm fine. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, 24 hours later and less than 24 hours later, you know, the next day, Monday, by Monday afternoon, my neck was in so much pain that it was incredible. And I don't usually, I'm not able usually to feel it when my muscles are stiff and mm -hmm. tight. I touched my neck on Monday and it felt like a rock. And I'm like, oh my word. Now it's not, it wasn't the, this motion. It was the sideways. The, sure. the, the head got thrown from side to side. Yeah. And these muscles in the side of the neck were just taut. And so my daughter massaged them and put some cream on them to try and, you know, menthol, you know, the menthol. You put the menthol on them. Mm -hmm. I eventually, by the grace of my guardian angel, remembered to put arnica on, oh, yeah. which made a huge, it really took the swelling down because I could feel it. I, I, I woke up Monday night at midnight and, and felt like my brain was being starved. Oh, my God. Weirdest feeling. It was so weird. And I'm like, it's like inflammation, inflammation. What do you use on inflammation? And then my guardian angel, arnica, dear, arnica. So oh. I put the arnica gel on my neck. Within 15 minutes, the pain in my neck <laughs> was gone and the brain, I, I didn't feel that feeling of being starved of, of uh, and, and again, these things happen, but, and people say, well, the devil, the devil, well, maybe it wasn't the devil at all. Maybe it was God, you know, just saying, look, honey, I'm going to let you feel the effect of your choice. You made a choice here today. It was a bad choice, honey. I'm not going to let it, I'm not going to let you die, but I'm going to let you feel the effect of your choice. And this is, we live in a world where people don't want to face the consequences of their actions, yep. you know, ain't it the truth. What is abortion? Uh, induced abortion. Induced abortion. It is telling people they don't have to take responsibility for their actions. What is contraception? Telling people they don't have to take responsibility for their actions. What is no-fault divorce? Telling people they don't have to take responsibility for their decisions. No. Yes, we have control over our own bodies. So we need to take control of our bodies before we sin or before we get ourselves into a situation where we could hurt someone else. Yep. And, and for me, it was a huge wake-up call. You don't drive when you're tired. You need to start being honest with, with other people about the fact that, you know what, I'm just too tired to drive today. I can't right. do this. And, um, you know, I, I had my little tricks. I even, I, you know, my son gave me a bag of, before we went up to see our son and daughter in Tatchby, and before we left, I, he gave me the bag of carrots. I was chewing on the carrots, but I wasn't chewing on them often enough, and I did, I did you know, I got, I was, it, it just, whatever. And um, when we saw the car on Monday, when our daughter took it, it ends up, I did have both front tires were flat. Now, I didn't hit any obstacles on the road. So apparently when I went off into the desert, I hit something that flattened those tires. Yep. And then there was one rear tire that was flat too. So Thank, thanks be to God. Mary, I just want to remind everybody next week, we try to put 
Now, we're doing Bible studies on themes, and we and I talked about uh, doing a Bible and birth control. What does the Bible have to say? And what does the Catholic Church have to say regarding contraception, especially when we just celebrated Pope Paul VI Hemani Vitae anniversary of 1968? So next week, that'll be not the whole show, but it'll be a portion of it so that we'll hit on different topics. So I hope that you'll have a world biblical view on a number of these topics, like today on the on the body, the sacredness of the body. Next week, we'll deal with the issue of birth control in the Bible. It's such a big issue in our culture, as you see the birth rate going way down and abortion going way up. It's not You don't have to be a surgeon to figure out that you know, we can't keep doing this, killing our future children. Right, right. I, I remember when I was in junior high, our teacher had us watch, watch a ge- uh, National Geographic special on TV one night, and it was about this species. I don't know. I don't remember what species it was. But anyway, somehow these, these species, was it was self-destructing. Yeah. And the scientists were like, something is terribly wrong here. We need to study this. And, and, and then I remember with the whole Roe versus Wade and then abortion and, and the whole contraceptive mentality as I, mm-hmm. as I grew older. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. If, if, if scientists think it's wrong for some animal species to be self-destructing, why isn't there something wrong with the human species self-destructing? <laughs> good know? point. Good point. Yeah. Well, that's what we get to chat about. Mary, I just want to take a minute here to thank the folks who do support Virgin Most Powerful Radio. I want to promote a new show that's coming up in September next month. Charles Cologne, who's been on this summer, he actually is stationed in Europe. And uh, he will have the equipment to be able to do a once a week show on church history and how it applies to us today. And then, of course, we have the other shows, whether it's Bishop Joseph Strickland's show, Jesus 911, Matthew Arnold's show, many other shows. You can go to our vmpr.org, take a look at all of them. They're all podcasts so that you can go back and type a name or title you want to hear. And those are resources for you to send to your friends and family. Your final thoughts, Mary? Well, I want to bring up the fact that because this question came up on the uh, app again about um, Vatican II and we want to have a conference um, with the Real Vatican II. Please stand up. We've posted on our website. We hope that this fall we'll be able to do it. So watch our website. We hope to have that conference. I think it'll answer a lot of questions for people in regards to liturgy and, and how the church is supposed to be going forward according to the Second Vatican Council. And not the spirit of Vatican II. Because that <laughs> went, one from anybody who says, the spirit of Vatican II says this. No, 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 no. Read the documents, folks. All right. Thanks again for joining us here. On Virgin, Most Powerful Radio, The Bible with the Barbers. May God richly bless you and your family. Have a great weekend. And remember, Mary talked about First Friday today. Make some sacrifice. Remember, Our Lady said souls are going to hell because no one's there to make sacrifices. God love you. <laughs>